teaching of Jesus. You are the source of the words of life. How important that is for us to understand. It was important that Jesus inaugurated his ministry with, with a recognition that we, we need to resist the temptation of the devil. If Jesus would just do something powerful, the temptation of the devil is that if you're, if you're hungry, you can satisfy your body by, by turning stones into bread and use the power of God to, to stimulate and to, to be attractive in that way. And Jesus says, no, I won't do it that way. That's a devilish way to display the fact that He is the Son of God. Man doesn't live by bread alone. He lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That, that word brings life. How wonderfully this, this profession reveals how the Father works that Word into our souls so that we would, we would be satisfied with, with no, nothing less that, that our souls would long for and thirst for and yearn for the teaching of Jesus Christ. It can be difficult. It drives some away. But it also draws. It draws us into the heart of the Father. And for those whom the Father has chosen, they begin to see and to feed and to be feasting upon this Word. But notice what else Peter says. Not only does he say, you have the words of eternal life, he says, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy one of God. The, the way these verbs are constructed, it's, it's something that has happened in the past with ongoing consequences for the future. We have believed and we have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Peter combines believing and knowing. Faith learns. Believing and knowing. We have believed and we've come to know. Faith learns through God's Word, to cling to the teaching of Jesus, to hold on to this Word, to hold on to the revelation of His work. Recognize as well that, that knowing doesn't precede believing. We, we don't learn in order that we may believe, but we believe in order that we may know. Faith hinges. upon the Word of God and it swings upon those hinges and it, it thirsts for and it feeds upon and it feasts. And, and Lord, to, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life and, and we have believed that and, and we've come to know that You are the Holy One of God. The Holy One. The One who's been in the presence of the Father. The One who's been in the, the celestial realm. Who, who's been there in all perfection. Who is stainless and faultless. Who's, who's able to exist before the scrutiny of the Heavenly Father. You're the Holy One of God who's come down from Him. A gift directly from Heaven itself. Here is the Holy One, the only one worthy to exist in the presence of God who's come down to earth to give life and to dwell among men and to provide for those who are dead and their transgressions 
and sins. What a profound profession. We've believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. You are the bread from heaven. From heaven. A bread which isn't temporary, which isn't fading, which is enduring and eternal as God itself, which will satisfy you today and tomorrow and next year and into eternity. We do not live by bread alone. We live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. To whom shall we go? You only. You always have the words of eternal life. Tremendous words to believe and to know. And then that helps us to understand, secondly, Jesus' profound institution. It is the fact that that Jesus here, as he refers to his body, his flesh, and his blood, that that he combines the, the physical and the spiritual realities in a truth that means we have to believe. He combines them in, in such a way that, that we, we have to believe and listen and understand carefully. We have to learn. We have to grow. We have to develop. And this is particularly the gift uh, that, that, that he provides in, in the institution of the Lord's Supper when, when later on as he has the disciples in the upper room and, and he breaks the bread and he pours out the wine and he says, this is my body. Which is given for you. He didn't have a spiritual body. He had a real flesh and blood body. A body in which he he suffered, in which he was assaulted, in which he was oppressed, in which he was overwhelmed. A body in which he died. A body in which he came as our sympathetic high priest. What a tremendous comfort these words of institution are. This is my body which is given for you. These are words of eternal life. This institution is is something for us to to believe and to know, but also to feed and to feast our souls upon. What a a comfort for, for you who are suffering, for you who are overwhelmed with life, for you who are besieged by by the effects and the results of sin. Jesus says, This is my body, I know your weakness, I know your suffering, I know your oppression, I know what it means. To go through hell itself. I, I can give you spiritual strength to help you. He's a sympathetic high priest who knows what you're going through. Who has a real body. And he says, I can help you to endure pain and hardship. He had a body that could die 
It's a gift. It's a, it's a giving to the Father of the satisfaction for sins. A body that could die under the wrath and curse of God upon the cross. When Jesus says, this is my body which is given for you, recognize He's not only stating a historical fact, He's, he's providing us with words for life. I know your judgment. I know what you deserve. I know the reality of your sins. I know the consequences of your sins. I give my body and soul to the wrath and curse of God. This is my body which is given for you. What a comfort as we struggle with our sins. And we hear these words of eternal life, I give my body for you. Jesus says, I know you. I know you. Think of Peter. Peter. Simon Peter. Jesus knew from the beginning those who would leave Him, those who would abandon Him. He knew who would betray Him. He knew it was Simon Iscariot, one of the twelve, and He calls Him a devil. But He also knew that Peter, who makes this profound profession, would stumble and fall. And when, when, when the pressure came on, he would sin against a Savior. Jesus knew him. And he hears this profession, and we have it recorded because Jesus knew him. And Jesus doesn't discount it and say, Oh, Peter, you say that now, but wait a minute. You say you know me and believe me, but not enough yet. The seed of life has sprouted in Peter's heart. This revelation has been a gift of the Father. It has been for the encouragement of the Son to see that His Word is working, to hear this positive testimony of, of the, the believing disciples you have the words of eternal life and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. It's sprouted. It's not fully mature. It, need, it needs to be tested. It needs to fail. It needs the intercession of the, the Savior continuing so that, that Jesus could say to Peter, Satan has sought to sift you like wheat. That that, that was the, the satanic attack that was behind his denial of Jesus. But Jesus would say, I prayed for you. Again, words of eternal life. Go to the source. Go to the strength. Go to the wonder of what Jesus is doing with this disciple and with you, His disciple. Come in the weakness of your faith. Perhaps there's been a denial through the week gone past. Come, enjoy the bread from heaven. 
which is instituted for the strengthening of your soul. Not only does Jesus say, this is my body which is given for you, he says, this is the blood of the covenant which was shed for the remission of sins. The blood of the covenant. What God's design was in the covenant of grace revealed in the Old Testament, fulfilled in the New Testament, accomplished by Jesus Christ. Those are words of eternal life. Listen to the Holy One of God when you you feed in faith on Me, in Me. You are engrafted into Christ by the saving work of the Holy Spirit. This is the blood of my covenant which was shed for the remission of your sins. There's nothing that separates you or alienates you. Take, drink, remember and believe that the sacrifice that was needed to reconcile you to God, the blood has been shed once for all upon the cross. The covenant of grace in all of its fullness is revealed in the accomplishment of what Christ secured upon the cross. Drink. Believe and know. This is true blood. Not that the wine changes. Not at all. It's still wine but in the Spirit's hands. It confirms the certainty of what Jesus says. You don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. A profound profession, a profound institution, a profound accomplishment, a profound witness as we come to the Lord's table. Bread from heaven. Amen. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the difficult saying of Jesus that he is the true bread from heaven who has come to bring life. And we don't live by bread alone. We live on every word that proceeds from your mouth. We live on this word. And we see that life wrought in the, the profession of Peter. We see that life wrought in our hearts as, as we profess and as we recognize that we believe and know the Lord Jesus Christ as the Holy One of God. The only one who secures our reconciliation. Thank you for the words of Jesus in the institution of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Words as profound and as meaningful as this word that he gave to the disciples in Capernaum that we live because the Father sent him and his food and his blood or his flesh and his blood our our eternal life Lord thank you for a covenant sacrament 
a sign and a seal to remind us and to cause us to remember regularly the fact that we live on your word. We live through your word. We live for your word. So feed us and nourish us as we hear your word this morning, but also as we witness the sacrament. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you now to turn with me for the form 